But you'll like this then. I read the game. I couldn't bring myself to buy it. Uh, so I read it over the course of like a couple of days at Barnes and Noble <laughs> and I hid, I hid in the back. I didn't read it in the cafe. You know, sometimes they'll tuck couches. Yeah. Like I would sit on one of the tucked away couches and I swear to you, a woman asked me if I was reading the Bible once. She was this Whoa. old lady. She's like, are you reading the Bible? And, and I was just like, like, yes, I am. No, I should have. <laughs> So what are we talking about? We're talking about shitty personal essays. Yeah, this this topic was, it's kind of bizarre, but it was triggered by in Jews as always. <laughs> yeah, it was triggered by <laughs> it was triggered by Jews. Uh, <laughs> one of our attorneys is a Jew. Um, and th- this one, if you've been on the internet, you you probably heard about it. It's from a few weeks ago now at this point, but it was this. I guess like a personal essay or something called I Am Tired of Being a Jewish Man's Rebellion. It was on the Washington Post. Yeah. And there was a lot of controversy about it. Uh, a lot of people getting, I think, a little over-offended. Yes. Uh, and the reason to be offended by this horrendous article is not because it's offensive towards Jews. It's just badly written and terrible. Right. And I, 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 pulled, I did a few poll quotes that I wanted to share if I may. Well, give us the title first. I just, here. I told you. I said, okay. I am tired of being a Jewish man's rebellion. In the Washington Post. Yes. I Did I not say all those things? I don't think, I'm not sure if you said, said WAPO, but it, I did. Oh, yeah. No, you said the title for I sure. I said okay, both sorry. of those things. All right. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> and it's basically this woman saying that she dated two Jewish men and she ended up getting dumped by them and they eventually married Jews. And right. she's not a Jew. As she describes she's a her, wasp. Yes. Who, like, yeah. She describes herself as, at first glance, I fulfill the stereotypes of a white Anglo-Saxon Saxon Protestant, wasp, in parentheses. I'm blonde, often wear pearls, and can mix an excellent and very strong martini. Such a, yeah, such a wasp. Oh, which is what we do in yeah. the wasp world. Look at these wasps wearing pearls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Manners and etiquette are important to me. And when I'm stressed, I often cope by cleaning. I do describe myself as Christian. That is a waspy thing, actually, for women. Is it? Yeah. Gracie fucking cleans her ass I off. I need to get a fucking stressed. wasp in my house. Yeah. <laughs> I am not good at that. I do describe myself as Christian, but loosely and in the most liberal sense possible. I don't discuss my faith the first time I meet someone or on first dates, but if I find myself falling for someone who does not share my spiritual views, I bring up the subject. When I find myself writing a think piece for the Washington Post. Yeah, I also like how this word is filled with also those stupid like buzz piece. Like There's this way of talking in internet journalism, and it's like she often talks about when others are worshiping, <laughs> I'm interested. It's like... She talks about her worshiping practices. Yeah. Like I just, I, I like to worship alongside my loved ones. Right. Like who fucking talks like that? Yeah. These are. There's so many 
there's so much weirdness in here. <laughs> I've optimistically begun interfaith relationships with an open mind twice, <laughs> only to become the last woman these men dated before settling down with a nice, nice Jewish, Jewish girl. girl. So she's had... And there's the, uh, the, at one point also an overbearing Jewish mother enters yes. and like destroys her relationship. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, yeah, because she's the, the Jewish mother starts texting her texting her and she's like how did she get my number and her Jewish boyfriend's like I don't know <laughs> and then the Jewish mom gets upset because she says well if she was Jewish she would understand yeah right right which is something an awful Jewish mother would say well, right I, I, just, I expect Jewish mothers to be like that I don't think that it's like you know the, yeah Jewish mom is you know that's kind of their deal right they want to they demand that their children marry Isaac Jewish. has a Jewish I have mother. a Jewish mother who could not give less of a shit about that's any good. of that stuff more power to yeah, so I mean, you know, I know Jewish mothers who are different. Than Does she that, have but... my phone number? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little worried about Leave that. Leave Isaac alone. Yeah. What was uh? So the end. The 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 really great part of this essay is the last two paragraphs, and you'll Just see read why. Them. Just read them. But living in New York and working in theater, I frequently meet Jewish men. At almost every event I go to, they approach me. It's... As flattered as I am, I don't welcome the complications and potential heartbreak I've experienced back into my life. In the meantime, I'll continue dating and meeting my friends, Jewish and not, to swap Tinder horror stories over drinks, hopefully while sipping the cocktail I'm determined to create named A Jewish Man's Rebellion. I'd like it to feature a bourbon base and be garnished with a slice of bacon. <laughs> That's also the, sounds that was like published. an awful drink. <laughs> Why bourbon? Yeah, is there a Jewish there bourbon? A Jewish I don't bourbon think so. Thing? Maybe it's I kind of like a fuck a you to the Jews. It's like, hey, because well, so is this bacon? Well, the bacon definitely is, but I mean, yeah, maybe bourbon. Is, oh, bourbon. She like already said martini was drink. waspy, so she should have brought that. She clearly has a cocktail theme here. Yeah, but didn't make any sense. Like, does was there anywhere in the article where she talked about Jewish men she's dating didn't like bourbon? Yeah, it's weird. Why bourbon? Why bourbon? Maybe base? someone can write in. Not a huge fan podcast at gmail dot com. Um. Because it's American? I don't know. Yeah. The, the the thing that I really struggled with in that article was like, I can't, like, how did this get published in the Washington Post? People like clicks, my friend. I, yeah, like I mean, clicks. that's yeah. the only explanation it's, that makes any sense. It's yeah, just, a, it's it a, look, it, I, I don't think it's a smart take, but it certainly is like an interesting, like it, it'll get people reading from that perspective. And it's trying so. to find a way to criticize the Jews in a way that is not going to immediately be censored for for uh, being anti-Semitic, right? I mean, it's because like clearly you know, it's time to people want to criticize Jews, but they can't. And so it's like, this is a way to do it. That, that's why mm. this that's Secret why Jew this, criticism? Yeah, <laughs> they, I mean, that's what's going on here. It's also something I'm sure that everyone who lives in New York can relate to is dating Jewish men. I mean, I hear nothing from non-Jewish women. I hear all the time, oh, I love Jewish guys. I love Jewish guys. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's a lot of reasons for that, but... Cameron if you live Johnson in the, said the same thing. What? Cameron Johnson has said the same thing. Yeah. After a Jewish man. Yeah, and mm. it's like, if you live in New York and L.A., Jews are a dominant, the dominant force, I would argue, in both of those cities. And so, yeah, I mean, it's it's like a thing, this tribe that seems to, you know, have be such an important part of those cities. Uh, it's something people crave to criticize and talk about and think about. Right. right. But they're not really allowed to, because if you do that, it's anti-Semitic. So, 
this is clearly there's a, probably a lot of women out there who read this and were like, oh my god, I feel the same way. I'm a I'm a, I'm a shiksa in New York, right? Being mm-hmm. a shiksa in New York is probably a status many women uh, think about. I well, I mean, but it's only like two. She dated yeah. two I know. Jews, right? I know, and, it, and I had, don't, yes, it is sh- a shitty essay. Don't get me wrong. I, I just I'm I don't know how you extrapolate that much from two from two guys. Like I've I've dated people of many ethnicities and I don't right. really You're not going to je- like uh it, It's like it, it is it is kind of a weird anti-semitic article. It is. Right. It, it, it's, also, it's not anti-semitic but it is critical of the Jews and, it, and but there's a reason People crave that because they're not allowed to do it, and so this is a way yeah. of this is a way of couching it in a way that you can't really be that offended by because right. it's like you know, we, it's just we, a dating story, right? It's a dating story, you know. So how mad can you be? Right. You know? Also, like or you're missing the. Oh, am I missing it? Sorry. The idea, like you said, like your Jewish mother isn't like that at all. No. So not, it's yeah. like it would be if, to me. It reads, and I'm taking this out to the as hard, far into hyperbole as I can. If you wrote a thing like because you dated. Uh, to uh, African Americans who cheated on you, writing, "I'm tired of being a black man side piece." Right, you know yeah, what I mean? It it's like, like that's that. not yeah, yeah. that's not representative of All, what's everyone. going on. Yeah. yeah, right. No, I know it's exactly that's exactly true. And it's uh, you know, if you wrote, uh, you know, say some SJW wrote a piece being like, "I'm sick of being." you know, a white man's rebellion and I'm black. And then, oh, they all went to be dating white girls. You could write the same thing. And I would be like, oh, that's such bullshit because, oh, you date two white people and that's, that's suddenly that's, that's, that's yeah. all of them, you know? Yeah. No, so I'm with you. It's not, not but very you're well right. Done. You are right that it is for clicks. It's a hundred percent. Like what they heard the pitch and they're yeah. like, oh that, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And, right, and right. then she wrote a terrible, I mean, it's, Maybe you can make it interesting. Maybe. It's objectively bad, though. But yeah. it's bad. It's but, like well, bad no, writing. Anything that would have made it good, though, anything that would have made it good where you were getting into, like, Jewish people. Protocols of the elders. No, right, right. <laughs> no, but if we're getting into actual, the larger subtext here, which is like, uh, you know. Foreskin is gross. No, or that <laughs> Jews are, you know, this group that are just incredibly dominant in my life. As a non-Jew, if that's what, because that's what she's clearly responding to. If you were to start talking about that, the the piece would never make it in the newspaper. So you can't have the larger cultural discussion of, you know, what she's actually wanting to talk about, which is, you know, Jewish power, basically. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) When you say it like that, it sounds like you think they can cast spells. (laughs) How did we get wizards? How did we get down this? I just wanted to talk about how bad it is. No, no, we're talking about. Well, I I think that part of why it is bad is how off the mark it is. I think that's that's worth discussing. Is that it's very the premise is stupid (laughs) to start. It's dumb, and then you it follows that the writing and like the logic yeah, and the anecdotes and ending are with the describing a drink. Yeah, a little yeah. fuck the you, slice of bacon. You, but it's like, yeah. who puts bacon on any drink? No, that no. is a, that is a thing. Though. Is there? Oh yeah, the bacon bourbon thing. That actually is a drink. Oh, oh I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's a that's like a common mixology combo. Really? Yeah. Does it taste good? Yeah, bacon infused bourbon is a thing. But what is it like? Does it actually have the bacon meat? Yeah, sometimes. I drank yeah, a bacon stout once. It was bacon. disgusting. It was really bad. 
I had a brownie with bacon on it. Ooh. it was that pretty, sounds kind of good. It was, it was good. Yeah. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it had little bacon bits on the top, and I looked at it. I was like, "This is fucking dumb." And then I ate the whole thing, and I was wow. like, "Well, <laughs> well, I guess I was wrong." Yeah. I'm open to new experiences. Yeah, I may have to try that. So, I, what, what, what's yeah? What's the larger context here? Well, about I, shitty essays. Shitty I personal essays. Sh- Enough about the Jews. I'm sick shitty. Of yeah, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate shitty personal essay writing, and that's. One of the things I remember from college is it that being taught to us as the way to write essays. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you want to talk about dangerous things kids learn in college, it's <laughs> writing essays like this. Yeah, right. And personal being, expression. Yeah, because we'll be like, oh, you'll have some personal experience and then you'll tie it to Hamlet or whatever the fuck you're reading in college. Right. And it's always awful. And I, I never read one of these where I'm like, oh, that was really informative and nice. And I feel like women write the majority of them. Yeah. I think that's it gets dumped onto women because I well because i think it's like oh men have have had their time to tell their story and now it's like let women you know tell their side in the personal experience way right that's kind of the ideology behind it yeah especially with a charge topic like that i feel like there's a societal thing of like uh we'll have a white woman do it because then you get the most like uh, 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 like acceptable like you're, you're less like well, qu- I'm doing air quotes here like niche yeah. but also it's not a white man that people can write off and find the most hateful version of how you say that I think white women have can occupy this space now in the discourse where they enjoy virtually all the privilege and then and that also is how you even get the opportunity to write for to one of these things like this. but yeah. then also they have the the credibility that a white man doesn't have of like not being the problem also did you, this is very what we should be talking about is cat people did you read cat people yeah so did you hear cat about cat people cat people was oh a, yeah cat people Holy the the, the first you don't story. like cat people no, I do like that. Oh, okay. The, uh, that was the first New Yorker short story to go viral in 30 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the first one that anyone actually read was this, frankly, very well-written uh, piece about a woman who sounds pretty similar to this woman um, meeting a guy and fucking him, yeah. basically. Yeah. But it was very contemporary, and her reactions were really good, and her descriptions of her own thought process were really good. Her descriptions of her kind of disgust yeah. for this man yeah. and kind of just getting rid of him. It was very brutally honest. It's yeah. amazing. In fact, talking about think pieces, that's a great juxtaposition of what a great Of what a better essay. version of this well, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. it's not even an essay. It's, just, it's, it's a, short, a story. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah. short but story. I think that that piece comes from a similar place as this. It's like, it, it's trying to get women to tell this super honest story about these sexual things that maybe they, you know, in the past, the whole idea, you know, the boomer ideology of like, yeah, oh, well, they weren't allowed to mm-hmm. tell these stories. We are talking about two different things. Yes, like, we're talking about a short story true. and a personal essay. Because yes, one of the problems is with the cat people discussion is that so much of it took it as like a personal essay. That's yeah. true. What it's, which it's not. It's, it's not actually a, a work of fiction. It has it's a license work of fiction. to be yeah, yeah. as creative as it wants. And so. a lot of the negative responses I felt were very attacky of well, cat people and didn't understand like this is written by the character is telling the story so whoever the the author i wish i could remember her name whoever wrote it created a character created a character right. which was probably her. her i mean let's be honest it, this you was don't probably have... her well it's... maybe maybe not but we it's, you don't, you don't know. know it's yeah, very yeah. it's very strange to me that we're so worried about this 
with where we don't really get this crazy with a lot of fiction. We're suddenly like, oh, you know, we have to. This is probably her. Like, who cares? She she wrote a story, so let's right. take the story on its face. I don't know. I mean, I I understand the backlash to that only because what's sad is that there's so many reasons why that was an interesting case, but men writing that same thing with that level of brutal fucking honesty about their actual reactions to women, particularly one that they just fucked randomly, would never be allowed within a hundred miles of the New Yorker. So it's right. like, the, you know, yeah. that you know that would be uh, pushed off as, oh, that's gross male Tucker Max, you know, like right. that's a shitty, it's just shitty, men- indulgent, misogynistic writing. Whereas this is the same fucking thing. I mean, there's nothing particularly literary about cat people besides it's just well done. But there's plenty of male writing that's the same thing that's good but would never be allowed in the... the, And that's that privilege, the privilege of being able to occupy those, like, uh, difficult... Sorry, I'm not talking into the mic well. Uh, That's, like, the privilege of, like, um, of that where it's, like, they don't... when it comes to like something d- disturbing or uncomfortable or or confrontational, unless the person already has like our previous episode that might come out later, like Ezra Klein or something, where they're they're publicly a contentious person, they almost always will give the the job of speaking that. It seems to me to either a respected person of color or right. just a random person, it'll be a white woman. It seems to me. Yeah, I would agree. Have you ever heard uh, Tucker Max getting revealed to be a fraud? On the radio, it's one of the uh, greatest. With Opie and Anthony. Yeah. Oh, what like lying yeah, about I his stories? Have oh, heard it's the that. best. It, they're it's obviously good. lies. Yeah. Like it's, I don't understand. The same thing with some of Chelsea Handler's stuff, like her early stuff. Yeah, it's like n- there's no way that this is true. Yeah, there's just no way it happened this yeah. way. Yeah, right. I I never understood the Tucker Max cult no. that existed. Yeah, I actually didn't either. I, I think I, it, it just seemed. Why would you ever like reading it? It's yeah. like I read it a couple times. I was like, "This is it's both obviously... makes me resentful and up angry. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that feels good about this." In my experience, for the people that I knew that liked Tucker Max were all women, and it was like mm. they were doing it. I think they were reading it in the same way we might have, like, or not we, but like guys might read some sort of like girls behaving badly story. To, dude, mm, I will say know. that for the philosophy, I the lest we forget, I wrote a book about fucking people you know like and being a bad you know this type of shit not as good as cat people by a long shot but uh you know i've and i you know i have a story in vice about uh you know being with a prostitute in amsterdam that's actually that's better than a lot of stuff in my book but um women always like it the most right it's women who respond to that stuff by far more than men because mm-hmm. I think it's yeah, it allows them a peek into your mind, which the, which they like. Honestly, it felt like the the Tucker Max got real popular at the same time Neil Strauss did the right. author of the yep. game. Yeah, and the in my era. opinion, the the men tend men that I knew that got into that literary kind of movement all gravitated towards the game and yeah. not Tucker Max. Well, the Max. game is the such awful. a good. It's I mean it's. Awful, but it's so entertaining. Yes, I mean, it is, it is extremely, like I've read impossible it. to put down. It's, it's a very entertaining it, book. It's horrible in so many ways, and Neil Strauss is just just the worst. He's awful. But the book is so fucking fun to read, you know, and it's so I would It, it is, as it. long as you read it, I think like uh, a lot of men, unfortunately, read it as if it were a guidebook and not well, a hilarious. that's how it's positioned. It's like bound in leather. It's done and like it's the like, Bible. Yeah, the yeah, pages yeah. are fucking gilded. <laughs> like how, totally how pretentious insane. could you be? Uh, it's completely ridiculous. I never read. I never read the game. 
I would read it just because you'll read it in a day and they'll yeah. just be like, whoa, that I was just, fun. I don't you just naturally neg people then. <laughs> <laughs> Those skills I already have. Yeah. yeah. The uh, I also don't want to be, I read in public all the time. That's where I do most oh, of my yeah, reading. Oh, yeah, you and don't I, want to see I, be, I don't want people. Right. Yeah. The other day I was in a doctor's office and I was reading The Emperor of All Maladies, a biography of cancer. Just <laughs> 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 sitting there making everyone uncomfortable. Oh, you'll like this then. I read the game. I couldn't bring myself to buy it. Uh, so I read it over the course of like a couple of days at Barnes and Noble <laughs> <laughs> and I hid, I hid in the back. I didn't read it in the cafe. You know, sometimes they'll tuck couches. Yeah. Like I would sit on one of the tucked away couches and I swear to you, a woman asked me if I was reading the Bible. Once. She was this Whoa. old lady. She's like, are you reading the Bible? And, and I was just like, like, yes, I am. No, I should have. <laughs> I should have. I was like, no, it's just a book about like romance. <laughs> Which is so not uh, at all. what are you up to? What are you doing after this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's up? You your, suck. Your nose crinkles up when you smile. <laughs> yeah, did you know that? <laughs> did you know that? Did you see that fight outside? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, that's hilarious. I Yeah, when I was reading Milo's book, I go to a, this extremely lesbian. Long Beach is full of lesbians. Like, everything is run by lesbians. Yeah. Sounds like something someone that read Milo's book yeah. would say. <laughs> no, it's fine. They, they do a great job with the coffee shop. Dangerous? And, uh, yeah, I was reading it, and I was, like, afraid to go in there every day. Why it's were like you going there? It's like a militant uh, lesbian place. Why were you, I mean, to some extent, going to a lesbian coffee shop. they make shop. amazing coffee. It's really All good. Right, but, you know, maybe bring something... Don't bring Milo's book there. Yeah, maybe yeah. don't bring Milo's book. Need some Joan yeah. Baez or it's something. It's one of those like things that. that has the sign on the front that says, everyone allowed. Yeah. All this, n- no bigotry, no hatred, no blah, blah, So blah. what, do you just sit dead center with your Milo book hoping yeah. to test their policies? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> right. Let's see what if you really yeah. mean it. <laughs> I'm so offended that this fight happened that I caused. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when people read... Uh, the Fountainhead or Atlas Shrugged in public because oh, I'm like that is a sociopath. Yep, reading that, reading those. Oh, but there. you gotta read them. I mean, The Fountainhead's great. It's a great book. I, 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 I agree that it's not like it shouldn't be your Bible, but it's worth reading. I've I've read Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, I read Atlas Shrugged. On that, that was enough that was for enough, a long time. Yeah. I, yeah. I read it because I was going to read Atlas Shrugged. I have, no, it? I've read The Fountainhead. Never read Atlas Shrugged. You, you should read Atlas Shrugged. You should. Really? Yeah. It's so long. It, yeah. Listen, you're not going to enjoy a second. <laughs> no, 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 it's no, no, not no. enjoyable at all. But I remember my mom used to talk about, my mom loved Atlas Shrugged. And she's like, it's so romantic. And I was like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then I read it and I was like, oh, uh, Jesus. My, my mom is attracted to like weird men <laughs> to, to sociopaths great yeah. men yeah I only great men i yeah. would say uh yeah I'd, i read drapers. that to get a thousand dollar scholarship if i wrote an essay on it kind Ooh. of tying it back in and i hated it so much i didn't write the essay wow yeah i really hated that book you should have written an essay about how bad it was but that's the thing the essay was sponsored by some right-wing group even so better to wanted, write that hey, but i wouldn't have gotten the s i would have just written an I, essay for just to, just as a fuck you well, just to submit that and send it in yeah. and be like if i could go back and say write one for this podcast you'd be on 20 <laughs> years from now i would you could do have it. read it yeah another uh horrendous i don't know why i'm obsessed with this one this came out a few years ago but it's a christina Hendricks thing she wrote for Esquire. Oh, woof. That where, was awful. Where she gives uh, advice to men about... Oh, it. yeah. Okay. Read some of those ones. The, uh, they were bullet points, so you could probably at least hit the... Oh, I've, I've copied some of the gems. Uh, you don't understand the power of your own smell. 
Any Whoa. woman who is currently with a man is with him partly because she loves the way he smells. And if we haven't smelled you for a day or two, and then we suddenly are within inches of you, we swoon. We get lightheaded. It's intoxicating. Yeah. It's heady. Uh, for the listeners here, I just have, if you think that there's any validity to this, go to an open mic sometime and take a big whiff. Men <laughs> do not smell good. Uh, we want you to order scotch. It's the most impressive drink order. It's classic. It's sexy. Such a rich color. The glass, the smell. It's not watered down with fruit juice. It's scotch. And you ordered it. And all of my nerdy, like, you know those guys that drink scotch and they do, like... Neckbeards? Just yeah. Neckbeards. Yes. I was just about to say, scotch is the fedora of liquor. Yeah. Like, it's not... And it's those guys that, like, they dress up like they're suave... Don Draper types, but they're just like, just with a a stupid hat on. My grandfather fought in Europe, killed people, drink whiskey sours. It's not not what we would consider a manly drink, but that was like the drink of the greatest generation was like whiskey sours, old fashions, like sweet as hell, garnishes in them. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. I love a good bitch drink. Yeah, I will. I will. I've seen you drink plum, plum teenies and stuff. And <laughs> you're still teeny. one of the manliest guys. You, you in haven't the world. seen a plum teeny. You have seen me drink a Mike's hard lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're definitely a white wine guy. That I bought. I like from you a, enough. I wasn't going to bring that up. That I bought from a convenience store, That's and everyone made fun of me. And I'm like, well, you can make fun of me all you want, but this is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be well hammered. Uh, the strange thing about that is I think that she took her character as Joan a little too seriously. Yeah, exactly. Are you writing this as Joan right. or as Christina Hendricks? Because right. it sounds like she's writing that she's as She's also married when she wrote it, so I'm like, well, all right, married yeah, yeah, lady. Yeah, like, yeah, right. What the fuck do I want to listen That's to your clearly, opinion for? Who knows? Maybe that was like some sort of weird branded content. Well, she like, either... I know she did eventually start in like being a spokesperson for some scotch brand. Poor Christina hmm. Hendricks. Mm, I wonder what happened to her. She was in Drive. That was the end. Oh, she was, oh, that's right. She wasn't right. Yeah. yeah, for a girl that seemingly was on top of the world, she didn't really do much after Mad Men, did she? No. Mad Men, I just started watching. I never watched it before. And I'm noticing, like, nobody really progressed after Mad Men. So no, that's John Hamm. Well, Hamm. Even Hamm, yeah. he's kind of... John Hamm just doesn't work in anything else. No, it's he's, weird. he's too... Uh, Don Drapery. Well, he, it's because he can't figure out whether to be funny right. or yeah. serious. He's really good at comedy, and yeah. I think he's done. He's been doing that a lot lately. Isaac, I I told you about this, but I have a character that I want Dan to start performing called yeah. Don Drapriel. Don Drapriel. You, you sent me a few photoshopped pictures. Yeah. In fact. Snapchat. Not Photoshop. I, I oh. literally use the cut function on Snapchat <laughs> yeah. to put your head on Don it's Draper's It's just because Dan Dupriel sounds kind of like Don Draper? Is yeah. It, this is the, this is the whole Dra- joke. Uh, this Draper. is the only reason why. <laughs> Don Drapriel. Don Drapriel. I only know, I, the only way I'd be able to do that because I haven't really seen Mad Men is just to drink three martinis. That's the only way I could impersonate a lot of that. Don Draper. Yeah. You gotta fuck a lot of women. Yeah, yeah I definitely am not equipped to do this <laughs> impersonation. Uh, we, used to, we also joke that if Dan ever has a sexual assault controversy that the Gawker, oh, not Gawker because it doesn't exist, but Huffington Post or whatever Gawker article. actually does exist. But is it publishing again? Yeah, I think, I mean, they stuff comes, you see, they have articles sometimes. I don't know what's happening. But anyway. Well, when they write this article about me, I'll points. team up with a new billionaire to yeah. sue them. Yeah, yeah. His, his name will be Don uh, Dan Rapereal. Dan Rapereal. That will be the name. Dan Rapereal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, 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 that's my Jezebel's already chomping at the bit. They're oh, rooting, that's right. Jezebel. It's Jezebel that's going to do it. They're rooting for my career just to take me down. Panties is a wonderful word. When did you stop saying panties? It's sexy. It's girly. It's naughty. 
say it more. I it is naughty. It's weird. It's a fucking terrifying word, actually. I, I was thinking about this yesterday because I listened to Sword and Scale. This is horrible. This is a horrible anecdote. But <laughs> like it was all these cops trying to tell this horrible story of like a child bad thing happening. Yeah. Like a child murder. Mm. And there was a point not a, that the girl's underwear was like involved, and they kept having to, somebody like said panties, and they kept <laughs> having to say panties, and they kept like pausing before they had to say it. They were like, "Yeah, her uh, her pants fell off." Like, blah, blah, blah. And it was just like panties. What is it? It's such a weird word. It's a terrifying, deeply powerful, sinister word. What does it mean? Interesting. It's no, I never really put thought into it until now. But yeah, panties is a very like loaded. It is it's a naughty. Word. It's a combination it's of like hard to say. Well, yeah, because it's a combination of a very normal word, but then it has that 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 twist at the end uh, where it suddenly ease. gets weird. Yes, yeah. yeah. and it's a infa- it's like an infantilizing <laughs> yeah. word yeah, it's for a very sexual. Right, thing. it's like yeah. both. It's like both childish, but also for this non. Ugh. Yeah, it's it, there's something really creepy about about that word. So creepy or sexy. Kind of, but like well, both. I feel like that like it both. falls on the line of like daddy. You know what I mean? So I think, you know, yeah, a lot I of do. people, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. But, you know, it's like, I feel like that's, you know, that's another thing sexual that like, if if it wasn't so commonplace and that dynamic, so like, it, it's creepy a little. Like I've looked Very at creepy. objectively, Very like, creepy. oh, you want a daddy to take your panties off? That sounds like, <laughs> yeah. you know, but like, uh, you know, that's. Yeah, it's a little inappropriate. But not enough to be a problem, right? Yeah. We're just like, yeah, yeah. You, it's you're right that she doesn't describe it well here, but you describe it better, where it's both creepy and titillating. Yeah, she li- yeah. she left off. She just makes it sound like it's like just sex. sexy. Yeah, but panties. Ah! <laughs> hey, take off your your. Oh, stop, Charles. <laughs> yeah, it's, I bought I, you some. Panties. I think you found a new clip. <laughs> this, this, this is what you say instead of "Hey guys," just say "panties." Panties. Panties. Who likes anyway. panties? Here's another. This is a person, of course, who used to write for Salon. Uh, it is the wife. Of, how do you pronounce Michael Chabon? 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 I think Chabon. I actually, I've read so many of his like novels. I don't know how to really? pronounce his name. Yeah. His wife's name is Ailet or Eilet Waldman. Mm-hmm. Why do they all? I don't fucking know. Oh, they live. It, they were like the. Uh, they basically were given a brownstone when they were. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, I let Waldman Okowo. Isaac, I'm going to read Sorry. to you the first it sentence of one of her personal essays. Yeah, and you'll probably hear all you need to hear. My seven-year-old's best friend is a 59-year-old lesbian from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah. <laughs> what a what a shock. And it's me. <laughs> uh, a couple of months ago, Zeke was telling me about how all the boys in his class had a crush on a particular girl, how it was distracting them from more important activities like reenacting scenes from The Incredibles. This is an old essay. Playing Foursquare and assembling Z cards. I don't know what the fuck that is. I asked him if he also had a crush on this little girl. He wrinkled his brow, thinking about it for a moment. Nah, he said finally, I think I might be gay. Oh my God, oh, wow. here we go. Easy, confidently, with no trace of self-consciousness or embarrassment. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. great. Start giving him hormones Who, right now. I, I, like, it's, I don't know. It's, like, it's oh, not the, as if like this it gets is... worse, Isaac. Ayelet oh, no. and Michael Chabon are open bisexuals. That's something about them. If you read Michael's first book, uh, the... 
Trouble with Pittsburgh. Fuck, I can't remember. Yeah, the Pittsburgh stuff. Yeah, it's a really good book uh, for a young author. Uh, but the uh, it's all about his like journey into experimenting with bisexuality and not knowing like his sexuality when he's coming. It's like a little Garden State with like bisexuality involved. <laughs> and uh, basically, yeah. a great pitch. I yeah, some I just guys who like followed this kind of deal. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so you're like, uh-huh. it's it's not that crazy to me for two extremely liberal figures who are open bisexuals to say, yeah, my son might think he's gay. Like come when the, the pastor's son is doing that. You know what I mean? It's, it's like, yeah, I'm sure you've told him ad nauseum and as you should, that there's nothing wrong with it. You know, that there's and God forbid, they probably didn't, but like, God forbid, like they see that behavior and their parents are just trying to emulate it. I don't know why I said God forbid. That makes me sound really bad. But like, <laughs> the, uh, that's not what I meant. I meant like, uh, uh, to, to, to God forbid you base this whole essay off of your kid just trying to mirror what he sees being talked about. You right. know what I mean? It's not some great. It's like we said on the last episode about kids being political. Like, he doesn't know what that means. Yeah. Like, to make this like a statement of like my child, it's almost like this like liberal bragging almost. Yeah. Like, my I child. have a. Well, yeah. listen right, to this next yeah. paragraph if you want. And even our most broad minded relatives and friends would get a little uncomfortable when they saw him decked out in full divine regalia. I don't know if that's an example or actual thing. It is worse when I explain that I hope Zeke is gay. Think about it, I say. How many straight men maintain inappropriately intimate relationships with their mothers? How many shop with them? I want a gay son. People laugh, but they assume I'm kidding. I'm not. (laughs) I insist just as adamantly that I do not care if one or both of my daughters are gay, but in thinking about this issue and writing about it, I have discovered something about myself, something that embarrasses me and makes me wonder about the pervasiveness of intolerance. I would support a gay daughter... I would embrace her, but even though I went through my own senior year of college lesbian phase, I went to Wesleyan University, I have some discomfort with the prospect. So she does not want a lesbian daughter. It's because the the entire point of this is that she's terrified by masculinity. Mm. Hmm. It's like she feels like it's just would be out of control to have an actual man in her life, no matter what, if that's a woman or a man. She just wants everybody to be this declawed thing that she can control. That there's a whole other woman who writes on Huffington Post who also has a seven-year-old gay son, and she has innumerable personal essays hmm. about it. And I don't understand the desire to write these. It's just. But like, you're right, Dan. It's liberal bragging. It's just. I, yeah, I hate to use this bragging. word because I do not like this term at all. But it's virtue signaling. Yeah. yeah. You know. Like we are so open-minded that our son. Is comfortable telling us that he's, he's gay. With no Our prepubescent by like seven years son who doesn't have a sexual, <laughs> yeah, who doesn't really understand what sexual dynamics he wants are. to stick, he wants it up the butt. And also it's like a very, a very funny comedian named Zoe Rogers has a joke about her son. She thought he was gay and now he is hitting, I think he's still prepubescent, but he's hitting that age where girls are a thing and he got a girlfriend. Yeah. And her joke, the premise is, I, I can't tell it, but it's that it's, she's so pissed off that her son isn't gay. Right. Because he was a very flamboyant, uh, theatrical child. And I think we've all seen those kids where you're like, oh, he's going to grow up to be gay. And so she thought that was going to be her son. As it turns out, no, he's just theatrical but and flamboyant. a lot of boys, prepubescent boys, are like that. Right. The, that's what I remember. I was. Yeah, everybody, it's it's strange to like try to apply these adult 
structures onto childhood. Right. And I don't think that, I, I don't think it's a bad thing for little kids to hear like, oh, there's lots of different kinds of relationships, blah, blah, blah. That's fine. But this idea that you can like look at these little boys and, and go like, oh, he's... Right. He likes men sexually, even though he doesn't like anything sexually. Right. Yeah. Like, especially because, like, also weird. this idea that, like, although oh, it is strange, though, sometimes little boys are effeminate in that way. Though, right. You know. So it's like, what does that mean? But then also the idea of like that we're going to say that we can nail down someone's sexuality. Oh, he's gay. Oh, he's not. I think people who, even straight people, have to figuring out to do. It's not like you hit puberty and you're like, oh, I like guys or oh, I like girls, maybe for some people. But I think there's like a process of like learning yeah. what you like. It, it, it be, whether you be like zero on the Kinsey scale or whatever the highest number is, I think you have to learn this stuff. And for, so for people to look at how, like you said, a child is behaving and be like, oh, we get it. We know. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it, like I said, there's, there's more to it especially if you're going to write a think piece about it, then like, let's see if I can make my child's transition into adulthood as easy as possible. It's, it's bragging or, or finding fault or flaw or reason to praise. We don't need to hear every babble that comes out of your kid about right. what he's thinking. Yeah. About. Right. It's right. like maybe filter that out both for our benefit as readers and for his benefit as a child that's going to be growing up and has, okay, your mom wrote an article that you're gay. What is the right. title of this article? Which one? Of the one you're talking about right now. There's two of them. The one that you were just reading from. Uh, that's um, the Shaban wife one. Let's see. What is that? I mean, I don't even know what the point of it is. Uh, you're supposed to marry the person you love, Mom. It's about gay marriage. It was written. Oh, there we go. About that. But then the other one is when your seven-year-old son announces, "I'm gay." Yeah. And that's the one on HuffPost. Right. It's because kids, you know, they're being taught that it's good. It's they're saying it's like it's a prized. It's, identity you know what i mean it's so like so strange now yeah it's like they're they see it on tv when yeah. wells fargo bank is it's, advertising for wait here, here here's where it gets here's where isaac goes i'm just the saying rails. Like, <laughs> because dan you're talking about the identity of kids and isaac is saying when wells fargo has a gay couple in an ad no, I'm just it's saying teaching children it. to no, like no, butt no, no, sex no, no. i'm not saying that I'm, I'm i'm not saying that it's teaching them anything i'm saying when it's this prized thing in, in the media. In pretentious yeah. people, you know? I, I will agree with you, Isaac, that pretentious people do value this. I mean, this is not a child. This was a, a early 20-something man that I lived with. He was a, this just millennial, very privileged artist. Sweet guy, but he just like dripped privilege. And uh, he would occasionally, we'd have t discussions about like his career path. And he would say like, occasionally be like, I think I'm gay. And I would be like, I have literally never seen you express admiration for a man. I've never seen you be attracted to a man. Uh, are you sure you're not just saying this because you think your brand would improve if you yeah. were gay? <laughs> right, and that's right. all it was. It was that, that there's this cultural cachet to being gay now. And if this guy's picking up on it because he thinks it'll advance his brand, of course kids who are much more perceptive and intelligent than we give them credit for could see that and go, oh, being gay is, is yeah, praised. Me, right, I want to yeah. be praised. I want to be praised. Sexuality exactly. means nothing uh, to yeah, me because I'm a right. child, so right. I'm gay. Yeah, so I'm gay. You know? and, and the thing is... I, I Cultural appropriation. I, I'm yeah. totally on exactly understand what you're saying. I, the, I mean, the thing is, I remember I was really good friends with this guy, Alex, growing up, or not growing up, in college, and he was struggling with like coming out of the closet. Like We all knew he was kind of doing gay stuff behind the scenes like we'd hear about it he wouldn't really tell us it. yeah we'd like what would you hear 
how did we start hearing about this shit? I, he he was, invited you to his play? No. <laughs> he just loved show tunes. I don't know. No, uh, we started hearing rumblings that he was gay. And he what was really... Rumblings? I it just like him rumors. fucking a man in the room next door. <laughs> yeah, rumble. I, mean, I, I hear a rumbling. Rumbling of gayness. Um, no, and he oh, was. We're just exercising. Yeah, <laughs> just he was a, a very Greco-Roman wrestler. <laughs> he was a very good-looking guy. So we, women always wanted him, right? Like he mm. was. He, girls always would like try to get with him, and he would never do it. Mm. Like he was always very weird about it, mm-hmm. and so we'd always be like. You know, Alex, like you're all the girls that we want to bang, like are trying to get you like, what the fuck? Like, why aren't you banging them? Right. And uh, we it kind of came to a head. We were actually traveling me and him in Dublin because we lived together in Barcelona. <laughs> Sounds like such a gay. Uh, so like, how did yeah, you yeah, know yeah, he yeah, was yeah, gay, yeah. Isaac? So, so we were like just talented together. Mr. Ripley. My dick. Yeah. Like, gay. <laughs> Rumblings of gayness. Are you not doing this out of just <laughs> desperation? Is, is this not just Barcelona? Uh, yeah. is it? We were in Barcelona. No, anyway. So we were in Sweden traveling. Or no, sorry, Dublin. And we were hanging out with these Swedish girls and it kind of came to a head because it was like we were both trying to bang these Swedish girls, but he was doing it very awkwardly. And it was and I kind of just finally said, like, dude, look, if you're gay, just fucking, you know, it's fine. And he said, you know, I really wish it was that black and white. Mm. And I think that what's impressive about you, Charles, is that you have managed to not have to choose the gay identity and like make that who you are oh, you know what i mean God, you'd like, be intolerable yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like you you are you know bi but you just are you you know you're you're not you haven't said like i am gay yeah your sexuality right. doesn't really a- it affect doesn't your, dictate personality your personality whereas he no. was totally not gay and then he came out of the closet and became the gayest oh, guy. Yeah. We, had, we, had, we had lots of those like in that. college. Yeah. He started, yeah. it was like, next thing you see, he's in Miami wearing like a thong. And you're yeah. just like, wow, that was amazing that that was such a thing that just happened. Such a drastic change. Yeah, so well, some of that is, though, in defense of people like that, even though they annoy me. We had one of those. No, it doesn't annoy me. I'm just saying it's like, I feel like he was struggling with I, which to be. Well, there's. I will know? say I find that general personality annoying. Like, even if a straight guy was doing that like the, the not everybody the that goes to those things, but the super. Well, yeah, of course. I, I don't find that personality very appealing, but I uh, I want to hear your thoughts on um, why, because I have a yeah. theory about that too. The I think some of that is repression, and it's all coming out. Like yeah. now that this block is removed, now there's this sudden feeling like, oh, I need to go 120 percent right. at this, right. Yeah. right? And there's also like. Not to not to do this, but there's not very good models for mm-hmm. there being a wide spectrum of uh, LGBT people in in the yeah. world. There's really, I mean, it's only lately and not even that well that there's kind of been an understanding of like, oh, there's lots of different people in this community, and right. they have different personalities, and they're not all drag queens. Right. Some people are regular looking dudes some people are obviously gay so that happens i think because people those people feel like that's what i am so i need to 
I need to conform to this. And right. some people are like that. And they've that. been robbed of like a sympathetic or a culture that they felt part of for so long yeah. that they want to join the culture, even if they don't necessarily, this is at least what I feel from like having gay friends on the outside looking in. It's like they want to be part of that badly enough because they're so alienated that they're willing to accept things that they aren't necessarily compatible with. Because you, I think you find that at least now that in my, my mid thirties, I have gay friends that have gone through it yeah. and now have come out the other side as themselves, yeah. but they like, had to oh, take a, right. a couple now, of years. Right, 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 right. You know, so they're still gay, but they're just not. They, they no longer need thing. the yeah, be yeah, part yeah. of that like party workout culture right, right, that yeah. is like sort of pervasive, at least here in LA uh, of that idea of like, Oh, go to West Hollywood every weekend and well. be seen and, and, and do all that stuff. And it, they sort of like come out the other side of like, okay, well, you know, I did that because I needed to get, I needed to have fun for all the years I was repressed. And also right. I didn't know any better because those were the people that were accepting me. Right. So. And also if you're getting laid all the time, I totally get it. Shit. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean, what I mean? If it's just sake. like a fuck fest, like how hey, many, how many not? straight, how many awful cultural touchstones of straight men have come about because they right. were getting laid somehow. Exactly. Doing it. Yeah. Well, that's one of the tragedies of like gay bars becoming places where everybody goes is that there, there used to be kind of a safety at gay bars mm. where it's like, it's only gay people that are going to be yeah. here. So nobody's looking at you askance. Right. And now... Askance? Yeah. What does that mean? That means strangely. You're like yeah, with side eyes. Yeah, but what kind of person would come into a gay bar and look at people well, strangely? It, it like still happens though because you get these fucking... Like, the Abbey's a perfect example. You right. get these bachelor parties of like a bunch of drunk bitches that are like, oh, let's go hang out. And then they're at the Abbey and some dudes are making out or whatever and they're still a little like squiffed out by it because even though they're tolerant, they're still right. like, Oh, that's gross seeing. I don't want to see that. So right. these safe white spaces ladies, for, I won't say white yeah. ladies, but ladies, uh, uh, with the impl implication that it's white ladies yeah. have really co-opted <laughs> gay bars. Like you go, like, uh, I've only ever gone to a gay bar in the company of like multiple white girls, yeah. you know, yeah. like that's a thing. Well, they, they feel, I mean, they feel safe there. Like right. they're not going to have guys bothering them. They can dance with hot men and then the hot men are going to not bother them afterwards. Right. I guess gonna... I see the appeal in that, but uh, do you feel, I mean, you were, uh, gay people feel like that's kind of infringing on their space. It depends. Yeah. I think if people are in the space and are respectful, then it's fine. But a lot of places they're not because yeah. they're just, it's fine. And being gay is not a problem anymore. Right. And now you have this influx of people that are being tourists kind of. So it sort of depends on how it affects the mood of the room. If you respect like, oh, this is a gay bar, primarily you can't be a loud, drunk cunt mm -hmm. uh, causing a scene and, right. and acting like men doing men stuff is weird, then maybe you shouldn't be there. Right. But if you're in there and you're like, oh, I'm here with my friends and we're just having some drinks and looking at the scenery, then it's fine. Well, I don't think the, the gay people, I mean, a gay person going to the Abbey, I mean, maybe if you're not from L.A., you know, well, yeah, I mean, at this point, that's it's just a tourist like a, trap. Yeah, it is. Know. But it's also like there's still a lot of people that live in L.A. that go to the Abbey and it's like their hangout spot. Really? Just, yeah, there, there's, there's a place in Philly like that called Woody's. It's the same oh, way. They're I've, very, very been to even Woody's. to Woody's. Yeah. It's very tolerant because it's the touristy gay bar. Yeah. So like if you come in and you're a straight guy or, or, or straight girls, like they're very friendly. Uh, but that's because that's that spot. I can't. I don't think if you were at the Abbey, which I've never been to, but you could go like, oh, I can't believe this. It's like, you're at the Abbey. Yeah. You've got to know there's probably better bars if you're just trying to have a quiet drink yeah. around nothing but gay people. I mean, you probably right. shouldn't be in West Hollywood <laughs> at yeah. all. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. If a quiet drink, drink yeah. is not going to be found in WeHo, yeah. Maybe right. the Bayou 
That's like the one. That's yeah, as long not... as there's not a pop-up comedy show yeah. there. There's a gay bar here that is very, it's like right on the water. It's like the one bar that's on the water. Mm. It's a gay bar. It's, but I think Does it have it's a very quippy flat. name? It's called Hey Sailor? No, it actually <laughs> doesn't. It's like the rock hammer. Yeah. No, it's not. It doesn't have one of those. The squirt hole? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, so back to shitty essays and sexuality. Uh, let's finish. Oh, the squirt hole is a shitty essay that <laughs> yeah. Charles the, wrote. The, in the squirt hole. So this is my favorite. This this essay haunted me for a very long time mm. after I read it by a woman named Valentina Valentini. I don't know if you remember this one. It was in the L.A. Times. It was. I was sure I was flirt texting with the one until he saw me on Instagram. <laughs> this is in the L.A. Times, okay. supposedly a very, you know, well, whatever. They can have their fun stuff in there. But it's a story of a woman. It's actually kind of an interesting story. So she uh, is flirting with some guy that she knows, and they exchange t- numbers at an event. She starts texting him at the event, and they are, like, having a flirty thing while they're at the same event. And she clearly thinks she's going to like bang this guy at the event. It comes time for them to like leave together. And he goes, I haven't been texting you. So she like accidentally put his number in wrong and was texting some guy. And they were like having a great flirty relationship. So this flirty relationship goes on and on. Like they're like, you know, kind of connecting in this totally serendipitous way. This feels, of course, like... Such a romantic comedy. Classic love story. She sends him her, his Instagram. And here, let me, uh, he's like apparently knows how to cook and everything. And so here, let me, let me read her description of, of him. She says it's the best meet cute in history. Apparently the guy's name is Boris. She says, I'm 32, single, white, female, accomplished. He says, I'm 30, single, white, male. I'd like to think I'm accomplished and I can cook. So she goes, um, we exchange Instagram info. They finally exchange Instagram info because, uh, you know, they want to see how each other look. And she says, we exchange Instagram info and promptly stalk each other. He's cute. Built on the tall side. Sales. Has fun looking friends. I'm beside myself. You're cute. I text. Nothing. Ten minutes later, nothing. I'm beside myself, but the other side, the other side this time. Haha. Oh my God! I text. You don't think I'm cute? That's quite an assumption. He says a few minutes later. You didn't text anything back. What else am I to assume? Don't be such a diva. He tells me he's going to bed. There goes my elopement to Thailand. I made an attempt to reach out with him the next day. Nothing. So she he totally ignores her after seeing her Instagram. Then she says. I feel it's important to note at this point that I'm attractive. I'm no Eva Mendez, but I'm above average decent looking. If that's okay to say about oneself. I can tell the era this was written immediately by the cultural touchdown. I showed his picture to a few friends to make sure I was in his league and he was in mine. We were, they assured me. And then she decides that the reason why uh, he didn't text her back is because she's not a perfect 10 and in L.A., he expects that he's going to find a perfect 10. So she just assumes that. She, yeah. that's, what, that's her answer for him not texting her back. Quite so L.A. The, Times. Quite the female version of girls only want guys with money. 
So, <laughs> so he, basically, she puts her Instagram on this article. LA Times like basically hangs this woman out to dry. <laughs> you look at her pictures, and she's a beast. I mean, she's just not attractive. Right. She's not, you know, like morbidly obese or anything, but she's just... Obviously, he looked at her pictures and was like, uh, Ooh, no, like right. you're not attractive. Right. Like you're definitely not in my league at all. But it's just this... this which know, isn't... This, uh, which in and of itself is not that big of a deal. No. You know what I mean? Like, I think uh, I probably can speak for everyone on the, in this table. I don't know. You've been in a long-term relationship. It's happened to, ev- that's happened to me, you know, I'm, it's happened to most men, you know, and, and women too, where it's like you're online dating, you know, you like yeah. match. I've been on dates where it's been clear that I, which I don't misrepresent myself, but the girl obviously thought I had better angles in person. Or something. <laughs> and we've got this, like, you saw my pictures. How are you disappointed? But like, uh, yeah. So it's like, I don't think that it sucks. Yeah. It really sucks, but it's not this like end of the world. Like did, no one's writing a think piece on it. Well, you know? nobody. Like, and that's what's so, that's what speaks such volumes to me is that this woman was so unwilling to see herself as, as attractive as she actually was that she wrote an entire piece in the LA times and asked all her friends to like, tell her how do I actually look? And no one was able to like, tell her the truth, you know, like no one could just say like, yeah, sorry. Like you're just really not a very attractive girl. Well, no you one know? was like, going to say that. To break that. Well, but I mean, come on. But it's also like the, the thing about an article like that is, it, they always just they just seem like gripes there's right. no like lesson learned or like here's how i came to be thinking about this it's just oh i had a bad experience and here it is right well it, and i think and that's it what are we supposed to do with that comedians learn that i think too because there are certain premises like I'm, i have uh, i have for your listeners i know i sound like i'm a six foot three strapped god but i'm uh, <laughs> i'm about five seven and uh uh on my tiptoes maybe five eight and I've tried to write jokes. Look, it's not enjoyable being a short man. That's the least sexually desirable trait is to be short for women. And uh, uh, but like I've tried to write jokes about it because it's part of my truth. When I was yeah. dating, struggling to date women who like women who are five foot even who said I wasn't tall enough for them. Right. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, a it's a weird. Right. right. And men go through it. It's a universal thing. You try to talk about it on stage and people go, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no one cares that you had a bad date, short guy. And look, I respect <laughs> them for that because that's all it is, is griping. Right. But yet somehow there this is that's like an old essay though i think and i think there was like a wave. Old, it was to 2016 oh really I was, yeah. I was a little older there was there's been like waves uh, of that where it's like women want to write about their dating issues and women often haven't had a voice in the public sphere to talk about their dating issues like that but then a lot of times it comes off just like that of like women don't like short guys and it's like yeah, yeah but like <laughs> it's just complaining yeah, you know right, it's right, just complaining right, right. so no matter how much you dress it up, I think some of the punchlines I have in my jokes about trying to date as a short guy are legitimately funny, but people just don't they reject the premise. Don't yeah, like they don't it. like They're the like, premise. I'm bored yeah. What's well, like hearing this? Yeah, it's sort of like the Aziz thing. There's, there's oh, that. There's a shitty personal essay. Yeah, yeah. There's the the question of like, is this, like, what is this? This just sounds, in some respects, just like it was a date that was bad. 
and you had bad sex. Right. Right. And that's not there's nothing there's no more meaning to that. Unless you draw meaning from it. Right. But if you're just like, oh, this guy looked at my Instagram and didn't like me. Yeah, that happens all the time. I right. Facebook and Instagram stalk anyone I'm talking to. Right. And if there's like a fifty percent gross picture ratio, I'm out. <laughs> and we're not talking yeah. anymore. Yeah. And right. that's just how people are. You 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 know, sorry. Right. Yeah. People I know. It's not well, some it's not some like cultural touchstone. You know, in the end I should read the end, but in the end she's like, Yeah, it turns out this is LA and he thinks that his perfect ten is right around the corner, blah, blah, blah. Like as if it's some cultural thing. Yeah, maybe it's he like, just doesn't even is putting aside the question of how society would rate her on a scale of one to ten, maybe she's just not his type. Right. And maybe it's okay for people to be like, I'm, I'm just not attracted. Right. And the but easiest, she can't swallow that. She the, can't take that. It's well, the, like she, she's living in a fantasy The world. easiest thing to do is not to continue the conversation. Right. Because as soon as you get into that territory with anybody, there's trouble. Like nobody takes well to being like, oh, I'm, you know, you're kind of not my type. Yeah. Right. People like hearing that. No, it's hurtful. Nobody likes hearing right. it. No, That's when you so. get the lash out thing. Yeah, yeah. That's like with cat person. That's the kind of the... The point of cat person is she thinks he's she's sparing his feelings by just withdrawing and not right. being there, and then at the end it makes him even angrier. Yeah, right, right, right. Fuck right. you, bitch, Fuck cunt, you bitch. or whatever yeah. the end of that thing was. The great yeah. ending. That's but right, and I think that with with, with like these essays, it, it's like there are you can turn it. There are legitimate maybe points in these stories, but they're very rarely what's focused on. Like the Aziz thing, I think there's something to be said about this sexual culture of guys not really knowing what they're doing yeah. and, and being overbearing and weird. Putting in your bed. fingers in somebody's But that mouth. is not what that essay was about. That essay was trying to piggyback off Me Too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it yeah. was trying to tie that in. And it was very heartening to see the public not fall for it because yeah. I think roundly everyone was like yeah this isn't me too like you're trying to co-opt this for your bad date story I think that was roundly the way that that was received and rightly uh, but yeah it was very much like if she had made that an essay about you know uh, there's a street level sex education that's not happening. Like obviously not like fallopian tube education that you get in school, but the education of like, don't force your hand in a woman's mouth. Maybe you dated someone who liked that, but that is not a universal thing. Yeah. Like there's something to be said about that. Uh, like how the, 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 the sex act really doesn't get discussed in detail. So people are kind of on their own figuring out what people want, but that's not what that essay was about. And I think a lot of times these essays, because when they're personal, they miss the mark because they veer a little too like this unfortunate looking woman in the essay you're talking about, you know, where it's like yeah. you're personalized it too much now and you're losing what actual cultural commentary you can, you can make. Right. Yeah. It's just about you. Well, to write a good essay, you've, that's a personal story. You've got to, you've got to, make the personal part of it something that other people can relate to right, and right. they can see themselves in. Right. And too often what it becomes is like, here's stuff I like. Yeah, yeah, here's mm -hmm. stuff I don't like. Yeah. Like That's Scotch. Kind of like the Jew essay too. I mean, the one we started with is like, yeah, it's too much about her. You know, it's not really about the world, you know? No, because it's so not... Yeah. It's too, it's two Jewish men she had bad yeah, dates with. Yeah, it's a big so fucking deal. Yeah, now yeah. I'm going to never date another Jew. Another Jew, Because yeah. all Jews want to rebel with me and then go marry their nice Jewish girl. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. Did, did you get any pressure to... No. Marry a, a Jewish... I think maybe some uncle or something of mine tried to... Or aunt... Uh, 
or maybe grandmother or something made some comment about that sometime and i was like yeah sure <laughs> i think one of the reasons i also don't like jewish women as we've discussed yeah so. but you do I do and don't. Yeah. It's a love-hate relationship. I think not having family pressures to do anything has... I, I think I undercount that experience in other people's lives because mm. I just I have no family members yeah. getting up in my shit, mm-hmm. maybe because of my personality. But I, I I sometimes wonder why people get trapped into like weird situations yeah. like that. And then I'm like, oh, well, I don't have some fucking grandma... I think there are a lot of dudes who are pretty controlled by their mothers. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of guys like that, you know, particularly Jewish guys. Mm. And I've seen a lot of very overbearing Jewish mother type people who are very firmly in control of their son's life, you know? And I think, yeah, I'm just also so completely the opposite of that, that it's like, yeah, I think people don't even try, Yeah, you know? Right. But I think some people like that, man. I mean, you know, in some ways, if your mom can control your life, it's, it lets you off the hook in some ways, you know? You, some guys like, like to, to swing you. from one strong woman to, to another. To another, exactly, yeah. yeah. A lot of people like to swing from one, exactly. They want somebody else to control things. If people have other personal essays that are horrendous, <laughs> I'm willing to. I have some ones that I wrote in college that I'm willing to share with our listenership. That if would be there's amazing. Any kind of outreach, we can read them on the air in a future episode. They, I opened like three of them. I have them on my computer, and I was cringing so hard <laughs> I couldn't read past the first paragraph. These are collegiate essays. Yes, okay. that I wrote my freshman year. Oh, we should see those. So, uh, it, listeners, if you want to hear those. Maybe we'll do a special episode. I don't want to bore everyone, but I, I, people like it when I get humiliated by my old, <laughs> my old works. Yeah. So, <laughs> can uh, you give us the title at least? Um, of one. Oh, what was one of them was really. Uh, one was oh god. <laughs> what was the, what were the broad strokes? The, I I no I can remember the title and I don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> you are uh, you do look you do look uncharacteristically embarrassed. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> flushing because yeah. so I don't remember the to- the topic was some gay shit, but the 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 <laughs> essay topic was the essay t- title was limp wrists and all. <laughs> wow, that's actually all not right. bad. Yeah, it's could be in bad. the New Yorker. I don't yeah. think so. <laughs> Belongs in the trash. So if you wanna, if you wanna hear those, maybe we'll do a special episode, and uh, okay. we can we can read them out loud, and I can be made fun of. Maybe we'll put on our Patreon, which we've never activated. Mm-hmm. Which we don't have. Yeah, we have a Patreon. We just haven't we just activated. Don't activate it. It. Yeah. I dug. I I lost. Thankfully, in a hard drive crash, lost most of my freshman essays. So I I went and looked through, and all I had were like senior thesis stuff, which is a little more refined and not personal. Yeah. So. I have another essay called "The Panoptic Santa." Ooh. I gave my collegiate. Papers, I think I know where you're going with that one. Titles. I think you're going on going with Panoptic Santa. Pano- Santa is already Panoptic. Yeah, yeah, it's redundant. He's a Panopticon. Yeah, because we read the Panopticon and then yeah. we read some analysis of the Panopticon yeah. and then we wrote essays about it. This sounds like an I thought that you thought was really oh b- oh believe me, <laughs> <laughs> I was very thrilled with myself yeah. as a young writer. Yeah, it's only in your your older age that you go like oh I. 
produce mediocre trash. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, my I think my essays, at least later in my collegiate career, were like my comedy. I remember the last paper that I wrote was like not a thesis per se, but kind of. It was Marxism in the American Horror Mythic. Oh, and it was yes. how zombies, werewolves, and vampires tie into Marcus, Marxist interpretations of the American the twentieth century. So even my papers were nerdy niche bullshit, like my comedy <laughs> that nobody wants to talk about. want a daddy to take your panties off?